Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Putting It Together. Sometimes I try and uh, have ideas of how I might vary the hello, hello. I always like to say hello, hello, but I thought maybe hello, hello, hello. But uh, it always ends up, I don't know. <laughs> so I just go, hello, hello, and just carry on. I don't know. I'm just letting you know that I'm thinking about it. If you have any ideas, yeah. let me know. Drop me a line. I mean, it's going to be hello, hello, but the intonation. If I challenge you to describe the intonation to me via tweet. Uh, you can tweet me at PetCCPod. I'm on Twitter. And you can also email Brian at PuttingItTogetherCast.com. If this is the first time you've listened to this podcast, you're probably going, what is he on about? I thought this was about interviewing people. Anyway, let's get on with it. Welcome to Putting It Together. It's a weekly podcast of creative conversations and I'm the host of it. My name is Brian O'Sullivan. And at the moment, I'm working, as some of you may know, for Toonspeak. Brilliant um, youth drama organisation, I suppose you would say. Young People's Theatre Company, uh, based in the north of Glasgow, and they're doing a show at the moment called Telt, uh, as in the way that we say told in Glasgow. And uh, it's written and directed by the brilliant Mark Murphy, who um, I'm just getting to starting to work with really the last few days. We met uh, briefly before in a bit of a production meeting, but really started working together in the last few days um, this week. So it's great to it's great watching somebody else work. I think because I'm I'm writing music, but it's mostly electronic, and I'm working largely from the laptop. So I'm sitting kind of behind the desk, watching everything unfold in, in rehearsal, and it means I get a chance just to watch Mark work and see what his process is, which is great because. So often I'm on the other side of it, or or I'm trying to lead things, and you know. So I'm I'm sitting at a very good vantage point to pick up uh, different approaches and stuff, which is brilliant. And I'm also doing this this sound design thing, which is relatively new to me. I did a, a wee bit of it last year for the Fringe show that I did, but I was also in the play, um, so I was wearing lots of different hats. This time I'm dedicated, really, sound designer composer. Um, so it's it's cool. I'm sitting, taking in what's going on and composing and putting together music and sound effects on the fly and it's all very quick and exciting um only a few days in and i'm already just there's loads of material and every day i learn something new about the software that i'm using as well because i'm just you know having to find ways to do things all the time so yeah it's a great experience so far and and toonspeak has such a good a good ethos i know i've mentioned it before but really giving young people as much as they can possibly give them just overall this amazing experience but also looking after them in such a, a, a really caring and considerate and, and and careful and informed way um which is brilliant to, to see happening um and then this this great experience i just know that they're going to remember it for so long i mean it, you know i remember the experiences like that that i had when i was young the, the show that just seemed huge that seemed like the biggest scale thing you've ever experienced and all these people working this creative team is massive you know for these young people and everything that they could put into it they have put into it uh, to speak i mean so for the young people it's just this potentially life-changing i think experience so i'm glad to be part of it that's what i'm saying other than that i'm keeping it quiet um i mean that's enough to be getting on with really isn't it but i'm trying to i'm trying to be quiet in the evenings and just not do too much and just Take it easy. Anyway, my guest today on the show is Rihanna McDonald, whom I met on the Arabian Nights uh, Christmas show at the Lyceum that I did not that long ago. And as you tend to do on Christmas shows, you meet a lot of great people and, and you spend a lot of time in each other's pockets, really, and you get to know each other dead quickly. And Rihanna and I and many others became really good friends. So lots of good friendships came out of that one. And uh, it's great to be able to sit down and have a, a more lengthy discussion with Rihanna about her process and, and what she's what she's worked on uh, since leaving Royal Welsh, where she studied and um, what her hopes are for the future and all that stuff. It was great. It's a great conversation. She's recently been in two 
groundbreaking Scottish pieces, both the NTS's Adam and also Gary McNair and the Traverse's Locker Room Talk. So we get to talking about both of those um, vastly different and also hugely influential pieces of theatre that have come out of Scotland in the last couple of years. So it's great to have a conversation about those and also the effect that they have not just on their audiences, but on on the people that are in them, performing in them. Um, We talk a bit about that too. Anyway, I don't want to give it all away before we start. So I'll just introduce you now to my guest, Rihanna MacDonald, and she's with me, and we are Putting It Together. Your name is like from two different, completely different Mm -hmm. sides of the world. Yeah. One half is the most Scottish name that we have. MacDonald. I would agree that, well, I would argue that that's the most Scottish name you can get. Yeah, probably. And then Rahana, where's Rahana from? So it's a Pakistani name. What does it's it mean? It's Urdu. Actually, in Urdu it means a handful of sweet basil. So. <laughs> and then in Welsh it means, I love this, goddess of the witches and the fairies. Oh, good, wow. But it is a new, it is, it's not Welsh, my, it might, I was named because my papa was Pakistani, so it's right. an Urdu name. A handful of sweet basil. <laughs> yeah. But, if yeah. you, but if you mix the two together, yeah, yeah, you've yeah. got a goddess of the basil fairy witches, <laughs> goddess, goddess of a handful of basil witches. Yeah, That's basil witches. But you know, why do you know the Welsh bit? Because you went to I don't know, because I think, Wales. yeah, I do, yeah. I was just looking up what my name meant um, in Urdu and I found a Welsh meaning that I liked better so I just was like I'll that's what that. I say yeah <laughs> Brian no. apparently means strength does it yeah you wouldn't think so if you ever seen me in the gym <laughs> but it's there and also O'Sullivan means the man with one eye really mm-hmm. or the son of the O'Sullivan the son of the man with one eye so oh, there you go that's so you're cool. the goddess of the witches and the fairies yeah it's um no it's uh yeah it is a clash I like it I think it's a great clash mm. so um <laughs> when you it's always hard, I think, to, to figure out, but when you were mm. at school, when mm-hmm. little Rihanna McDonald was at school, mm-hmm. did you ever think, I wonder, will that make a good stage name? Or did, were you thinking about any of that stuff when you were little? No. Was um, it in your head at all? Yeah, yeah, I think it was. I think when I was younger, I always kind of, I was like the most shy child. I was almost like a, like a mute when I was like really young at school. And then the, the older I got, the more I kind of came out my shell. I wanted to be like a, I wanted to be a, I wanted to be a singer. I was more into music first. Right. So I did used to think about my pop star name. And it really annoyed me because obviously my name is Rihanna because it's Urdu. It's like a Pakistani name, but people would say, people still like, Rihanna. will always say Rihanna. Yeah. So when Rihanna came out, I was in like high school and I remember that too in my head. And I was like, oh. I just, someone said to me today, who's on your podcast this week? And I said, oh. I'm just going to pick up Rihanna. And someone went, what? <laughs> <laughs> Rihanna. <laughs> the pop star <laughs> rihanna on my podcast i was God. like nah nah all right one I'd, day though right no I'll, I'll have the mcdonald i think i'd prefer oh ah <laughs> she wouldn't have anything to say about scottish theater <laughs> she might surprise me but i don't i don't think yeah maybe rihanna not. would have much she'd be like well i think it's tra- a tragedy that the sets is moving to the tramway it's <laughs> very opinionated about that whole move <laughs> so you wanted to be a singer or you thought you wanted to be a singer yeah so I guess I thought about my name maybe at that point being like is it a good pop star name no and then I sort of went started going to like stage schools and stuff for all that all that all that jazz all that, all that jazz what in um, East Kilbride um, no I went to like a few of them there was one in East Kilbride I can't remember what it was called <laughs> but I went to um, they've always got terrible names though mm, 
Um, and I went to like live and loud in Glasgow, that one, or the Glasgow Acting Academy, Lim Miller, those, all yeah. those ones. But then I went to the Citizens Theatre Young Company. Ah. And that was the best. That was great fun. Right. Um, but no, I didn't really think about it. It was only actually, um, I only thought about changing my name like last year because I didn't realise I was part of this whole like niche Scottish Asian mm-hmm. um, thing casting brackets so like yeah. I, I sort of thought actually maybe I will like embrace because it's through actually through my job that I've started to like embrace that side of my heritage and my culture um and so that was why I thought I would maybe kind of take that name as well my mum's maiden name Malik um as well as well but yeah so would you say then that before you acted for a living mm. you didn't give it much thought you're no you're cultural kind of background yeah. and that stuff I mean it's weird like we were always brought up to like my mum always made us really aware of like our you know mixed heritage and like my papa but he died before I was born so so my grandfather's Pakistani my grand Scottish mm-hmm. they met in the 50s in Glasgow um, in a dance hall and got together but back then it was really like uh, you know it, it wasn't common to see mixed marriages at that point and no. I remember my grand's uh, my grand telling me like her uncle would kind of follow him in the car and say if you're a respectable man you'll leave her alone you know the the family where and I, it's not even you know I don't think it's you know I don't even look down on on them for for doing that I just think it's just part of it was just part of being conditioned by society at that point to not really accept mixed marriages so I think mm-hmm. they were kind of really against it um and then but yeah obviously they were in love with my gran so it's a really nice little love story and my gran like to move down to England to be with him because she couldn't be with him in Scotland so with the family and then Right. Um, blah, blah, blah. I don't know why I've gone into this whole family history thing. <laughs> but anyway, my, it's good. But, I my, love it. but my papa, my 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 grandfather died when he was fifty two, so then like um, that's young. I know, really young. Um, so and my grand didn't really keep in contact with many Pakistani relations. So I grew up in East Kilbride, just like feeling totally one hundred percent Scottish, and then mm-hmm. um through it was yeah it was after royal welsh even at royal welsh because i went to a drama school where like i was one of the only scots i thought being scottish was like my thing my niche Mm -hmm. and then it was when i came back to scotland or my first job was half pakistani half scottish role um so that was very specifically my casting and then through that i started getting more like pakistani roles and so far now it's been like egyptian greek iranian Mm -hmm. indian like you know or mixed race um and that was how that is how I've like gotten into like like finding out more about like my roots and my heritage because yeah through my job but I never ever thought that I would because I'm only quarter Pakistani I, I didn't actually think that I would end up getting into um mixed race roles it's so funny looking back now like I remember one of my pals in college being like babe you should really plan your Pakistani roots like do that for showcase and I was like right I, d- I was like people from the outside of it uh-huh. see it, see well, that so clearly and go yeah. you've, got, you've got to I didn't ever think but it was because maybe, maybe if I trained at RCS or something people would have noticed it but I think it was because I was down at Royal Welsh and I just was kind of like the, the Scot yeah that yeah, was yeah. my so yeah I don't know I suppose if you were going to stay down there you could maybe just play on the scottish niche <laughs> yeah yeah equally you know i don't know <clears throat> but i don't know yeah it would be nice at one point just to play this a scottish woman <laughs> that's the weird thing about the niche though isn't it that I you know. get you're in it and you have to be yeah. grateful for it of course like and but i love it but you think somebody like i have it with the music it's you get uh-huh. into this wee corner where it's great because you get work but also uh-huh. ah, like i'd love to be in a play that didn't have an accordion in it 
I know. <laughs> I would please. adore that. But then also, I'd love to be able to play the accordion, so... And I'd love to be able to play Greek, you know? <laughs> we're all different. <laughs> you were Arabian for Arabian Nights, weren't you? <laughs> I suppose I was. I think that was a bit of a stretch. I think it was every every mixed race actor in Scotland in Arabian Nights and then you. And then me, because they were like, we need an accordion. <laughs> that, that's what I mean. It's the foot in the door and you go, oh, this thing, this albatross around my neck. But oh, yeah, you know, I'm in. It's good. <clears throat> yeah. So you... Does your agent make a big um, sort of push in that direction? Um, yeah, no, she yeah, she definitely does. Like, I think it's that thing that like, you're so aware of when you like, because when I first left, as I said, when I left Royal Welsh and I came back to Scotland and signed with a Scottish agent, I didn't think about the mixed race thing at all. And then a couple of years down the line, when um, Amanda, my agent now, came to see the show, she. I think I did say, like, in the email, yeah, I'm a mixed race actress from uh, mm-hmm. Scotland. And I never would have thought about saying that a couple of years before, but I did sort of, I guess, sell myself as that because that, I realised that was that is what I am. Um, you and, started to tap into uh-huh, it. Yeah. yeah. And, but I think, yeah, I think she does, but I'm a, I think she's good at sort of, you know, she's she's got her sort of, she knows what's going on in Scotland and she knows what's going on down south. So it's kind of a, it's a good mix. She knows what's going on in both mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, sides of the border, but also she does... She does definitely put me up for like various ethnicities, but also just Scottish. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when you when you came out of Royal Welsh, did you have one of these uh, paths? You hear a lot of different stories, but did you have a, an easy time when you got started, or was it? I don't know. Was... Everyone's got their own different story. I like. What did I do? I came out with nothing. Went up to Scotland and worked in the Russian restaurant for eight, eight months. You worked in the Russian restaurant. <laughs> Where is the Russian Cafe restaurant? Cafe Gossip Shop in the Merchant City. I feel like I can see it in my mind's eye, but I don't know where it it's is. It's near the Tron Theatre. Right, okay. It's great. You worked there for eight months? Yeah. So after after like going as far away from Scotland as I could to yeah. study down south, I then, and like I've becoming like my own like free spirit, having my own like, you know, flat with all my pals and just all that stuff. Coming back. To work at Glasgow Cross? To work, yeah. To work in a restaurant <laughs> and live with my mum again. I felt right. like I'd like regressed in every way. <laughs> No, I didn't have an easy time. Like, I think I thought I was having, like, a big quarter-life crisis and I came back and, like, I was just working in a restaurant and stuff. But then, yeah, and then I'd signed... It sort of has been... It's progressed, like, sort of gradually. I've sort of started working with, you know, all the companies that I really wanted, like National Theatre of Scotland and Lyceum, mm-hmm. you know, were all the sort of companies that I really wanted to come back to Scotland and work with, and now I am, so... It, mm-hmm. But it, it did take a bit of time. I didn't come out and get any like, you know, big massive job or anything. So I had to graft. I think. Yeah. I think that's when you know that you that's want good. you want to do it, don't you? After you've been doing it for like four years or something, now I think it's been. You're like, okay, I think this is what I'm going to do now. Yeah, for the rest you, of my you've life. kind of stuck at it yeah, thus I've far. Yeah, stuck at it thus far. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what happened to the <laughs> singer? Did did you sing at Royal Welsh? Yeah, we did a bit of singing. I don't know, like it's. I did want to be a singer and then I sort of got into the acting through the singing and then obviously I'm not a big fan of musicals but I like plays with music. Just be so. careful, tread carefully. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. You didn't do musicals when you were in We did a chorus of disapproval. You know, the oh, Alan right, okay. Akeborn play. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was hip. And then I, I have actually sang for a few things. There'd been nights so where obviously we had a... Yeah, Christmas shows and things like that, mm. but nothing nothing major. Yeah. So at what point, is there a point in your life when you remember thinking, I don't 
uh, I don't need to worry about my pop star name anymore <laughs> kind of thing was there a change uh, yeah I think it was do you know what it was like so I got into the acting through the singing through like stage schools and doing like musical theatre sort of courses and then realised I really liked that but it was going to Scottish theatre mainly that I like I grew up going to see my uncle and like pantos and plays like in Glasgow and I realised you can actually do this as a job like of course so you had that uh, link early on <clears throat> yeah Dresbo <laughs> Dresbo I call him Dresbo I don't think anybody else does but I just made that I, just I thought that must have been like a common name for him when I met you in uh, Arabian Nights because you were like Dresbo so I was like <laughs> oh maybe that's what, maybe that's what everyone <laughs> calls him call so him then that. I was like calling him that I think when we went home for Christmas like oh yeah Dresbo Dresbo <laughs> he's just like, he's like Who? no one calls me that <laughs> nah I just give people nicknames <laughs> As you know, uh, George Drennan, I should mention, yeah. is your uncle. So so we're in the same business. Yeah. So from a very young age, you've yeah. been watching him and going, yeah, so oh, I so that's a thing you can do. Yeah, I think that was when I realised, actually, through going to see him in plays as well, I actually yeah. sort of realised um, that you can do that as a job. That's quite cool, isn't it? <laughs> it is cool. And yeah. so the, the whole fame thing, that, that was never really on your radar so much. Unless, fame. apart from your pop star leanings. <laughs> I still think I might go down the Patti Smith route, become like a rock star, punk, uh, yeah. a punk poet or something. Oh, there is that edge to you, yeah. <laughs> I forget about that because it comes out every now and again. <laughs> I don't know, like... Um, but that's not about being famous either, is it? No, like, no, no, not really. That's not I don't about know. It, no, it. I think you always... Ha- do you know what? I think you do have that. I mean, I can't lie, right? See, if you go to drama school when you're like 18, 19, mm. and especially like going down to Royal Welsh, like I'm not being biased, but they do have a great reputation and people do go on and, and, and straight away get big. Yeah big movies and things and and so like you do go there if you're like 18 19 a little bit and sort of think oh yeah i could that could i could be doing that and still you sort of go like i'd love a big of course i'd love a big film or a big tv gig and maybe it'll happen or maybe it won't but it's cool when you come out of drama school after a few years and you maybe do like a few like verbatim plays or whatever and you realize my job actually has like a more important mm-hmm. point yeah actually the the bit where it becomes less self-indulgent and about you just wanting to do it because it, it's fun and you realize you're quite good at it wanting to and parade then, about in front yeah, of people yeah i want to jump about on stage yeah. and then actually sort of realizing that it's actually there's a there's a point in it there's it's actually you know if you do issue-based theater or you know it's it's social it's political and it's mm-hmm. about people mm-hmm. and i think that's a quite a cool point when you you realize that when you're a bit older that's that like a crossover point, yeah, isn't it's a it? Crossover for a lot of point. Yeah. But Royal Welsh take people really young, so you do go there when you're like a teenager, and then you're it is that kind of a wee bit green around the gills. Yeah. Just like... But no, I did green around the gills. No, what? green around the gills is feeling sick, <laughs> but being green is being like, um, you know, young and what's yeah. the word, innocent and stuff. Yeah. Not green Naive. around the gills. Naive. Yeah. But yeah, no, but I still like, yeah. So obviously I think a wee bit, you do have that little thing when you're at drama school and you go, ooh. But like, I and also like, I think when I came out, if you study up at like RCS or whatever, you're involved in like the Scottish theatre theater industry. Yeah, but yeah. I came out of it because I went all the way down there and I think I thought that I was going to move to London and then ended up sort of coming back to like work in a restaurant and live with my mum for a bit and because I was up here I like I thought oh right to Scottish agents then but I just wasn't in the circuit up here because I didn't study up here or so out the loop and then through that then got my first job with Tamasha Theatre Company who are based in London right um a show called My Name Is and that's the one I played the half Pakistani half Scottish part mm-hmm. um and then that toured all around Scotland even though it was a London-based theatre company and then uh-huh. the guy who was playing my dad in that Umar 
was directing If I Had a Girl, which was on at the sets. And then he was like, do you want to come? So he gave me the lead in that. And then that's how I got involved in Scotland again. But I kind of actually didn't think I would end up coming home. So mm -hmm. I'm more and more living this nomadic lifestyle where I'm like, I'm sometimes living in London, I'm sometimes in Scotland. But the more sort of jobs you get up here, the more kind of lovely times you have. And the, like, the more you sort of think, I don't know, like, oh, you're happy. Mm -hmm. you associate this with like more of your happy memories so are you are you gradually <laughs> oh getting... i don't know it's that thing do i come i don't know oh so it's like almost a decision that you're not willing oh, to make is that what I it is? actually i've kind of like london or scotland london or scotland like it's all the time I'm, i don't know but i think i'm getting to that point now where i'm like do you know what i don't think you have to choose no i'm not suggesting you do i'm like, just interested because i think there is that thing of you go, are you going to make the move back up? But I think you can. It is possible to do both. Like, just to be in Scotland when you're working in Scotland and be in London when you're working in London. And I've decided just for just now, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to just base myself in both both places. Because for the past two and a half years, I've been trying to answer that question. Right, okay. So what happens? Uh, have you got a room in London that you keep? Yeah, I had a flat in Stockwell for two and a half serious? years. Uh-huh. No, but I don't keep, like, I couldn't, like... That's I what I was wondering. I couldn't pay rent in London and Scotland because right. it's just, like, ridiculous. But I just, like, subletted that room whenever oh. I would come back and work. But I ended up subletting it more than I actually lived in that flat for mm -hmm. two and a half years. So what now? You don't have you don't have a room in London? So I've just left that flat, like, a month ago. So I'm back right. up here for the summer and then I'm going to go... I think I'm going to Rent another place and sublet it. Oh, but that was a contract. So that was a contract for two and a half years, which I won't I won't do that again. Sure. This time I'll just spare room it. Oh my gosh, my life is so nomadic and mental. That's interesting though. Because <laughs> people do, I yeah. think people have different ways of doing that, trying to be able to do both and uh, making themselves available in both places. Mm. Because you, if you close off to either, you, you know, you always yeah. worry, don't you? Like, that's what people say. You move, know, move back to Scotland and then the, then you get the audition in yeah. London and it comes to something and you're like, well, I just moved. I know it was <laughs> because know? I came up and obviously worked here for just eight months straight out of drama school and then after my first job, saved up and moved to London. But then, yeah, that followed on to just more work in Scotland. So you're traipsing back and up the road. But actually, thing. that's funny because now that I am, now that I have left that flat, I've got my first London gig in September. So it's like... Oh, for goodness sake. What's in <laughs> September? Adam oh and that's down yeah, there so we're doing adam at barsey art center right okay but it's through the nts mm -hmm. so well that brings us nicely on to adam then doesn't <laughs> it there's a there's a, a flagship groundbreaking piece of work from the nts that mm. that you've come into as a not been in the original mm -hmm. company of now mm -hmm. that's an interesting position yeah. to take isn't it how uh, did you find that well obviously it was lovely because you as you know neshla yeah was obviously originally in adam and we were doing Arabian Nights together and it was just when she found out that she was going to, that she'd been offered Sunshine and Leith and it clashed with Adam. Oh yeah, we were all together when we that were all, all together. And, and then it, you said, I've got an audition for it. And yeah, but no, but she actually said to me, she was like, oh, like I'm, I'm so gutted that I can't do it now. And she was like, have you thought about getting seen for it? And I'd already been seen for it, like, you know, when they were first originally casting. And so I was kind of like, oh, well, they, they saw me for it originally, so I won't bother, like, asking to get seen for it because they know who I am. So, right. But they did it. So I thought, because they'd already seen me ages ago, I didn't think they would bother getting in touch, but they did. And then, yeah, I actually auditioned for Adam the morning of our press night for Arabian Nights. Was and I, that the day? Yeah, and ah. I remember going in and sort of just being like, because trying to get your head into, like, you know, 
playing a transgender guy yeah. and then playing like a 12 year old girl like in the same day but it's your press night as well I was like I can't do this what's going on <laughs> that's a real I know yeah. and then I saw Laura at press night that night after the audition this is so funny but like Laura Donnelly yeah and I was like director. yeah and I was like if you give me a recall then I might be a bit better my head might be in a better place <laughs> but um it's weird though that we socialize we're socializing with the people that are casting us and it's, it's such, such a small, small it's such yeah. a small industry isn't it literally seen her that night but like yeah that was how it all came about and then um yeah and then I found out I got it I was so so excited because like it was one of those pieces of theater where I genuinely think it's just like one of those really special pieces of theatre mm. where it's so important, it's so universal, but it's also just theatrically so beautiful to watch. Yeah. And I'm saying that because I watched it as an audience member. So like, yeah, you're I, allowed to yeah. Say that. yeah so I, I watched it at the, the Traverse when it was on at the Fringe, and I was sitting in the back row, and at the end, I was just bawling my eyes out. Mm -hmm. But it's such a, it's you know, it just looks incredible, and I'd wanted to work with Cora for like for ages. I'd auditioned for Glasgow Girls before and stuff, so. Yeah, I was so, so buzzing when I got it. And then getting to, I guess, coming into that process, if you'd, if you'd, if I'd been in Nashla's position, you wouldn't have any idea how it was going to go down. You don't know with new writing, do you? So like, But then, like, no one, in a sense, yeah, no one does. Or no one does. We're so, all on the same page, aren't we? But having seen the play and being like, that's amazing. It was so exciting to go into a production, which I was really, I knew that it was great. So, and um, and getting to work with Adam and, and Cora and the whole team was just lovely. Tremendous. It's, it's an amazing show. I love it. And there weren't, presumably they didn't change it. No, so, so it, was it was really, really quick. Like... We had three days development right. and then we had a week off and then we had a week's rehearsal and then we did it. And the show is like very fast paced and the set is like the third character in the play. Like Patty, um, all these different hatches pop up and become different sort of. Yeah, it's very like, it's actually quite, there's a lot of business. So I had like a week to sort of just That's a lot, learn yeah. it all. In a short space of time. I quite like working like that though. I do too. I know. I, I like my favourite. I like yeah. just, I know what I'm doing. Let's get it done and let's do it. Like I... Not mucking about. Yeah. No, I do. It's, there's some like improvisation stuff that I like, but I, I yeah, I like working fast paced. So that was like good. And I had all the footage of the show that she sent me that beforehand. Of so course, yeah. I could see Neshla like on, on it as well. Um, Sorry. But yeah. No, um, it was good. I, I think I saw just about everything at the Traverse that season except Apart Adam. I don't know how I managed it. I even, I saw Eve and then I said to myself, I need to, obviously I need to see the, like, the companion piece. Just come down to London. So I'll see come it. Visit. I will see it. I definitely, well, I can't not see it. <laughs> Especially with like having talked so much to Nestle about mm -hmm. it, talked to you about it, stuff like that. Yeah. What an amazing experience for you. Yeah, no, it's an amazing, I'm really chuffed that I get to be a part of it. It's, it's great. So, but then you talked earlier about being extremely quiet as a wee child <laughs> and that's so interesting because a lot of people do talk yeah. like people who are performers and stuff talk about being quite shy like would you consider yourself as being shy now i wouldn't say i'm shy now like i think i've gone the other way yeah <laughs> but i think i think i can be quite self-conscious mm -hmm. i think i think we all are a little bit which is mad you know yeah, but you're putting yourself in front of people and, yeah yeah but you actively do that. I don't know. I think, um, I don't know, but I'm not like a really, I'm not a really loud, I suppose I'm not a really, I, I yeah, maybe I'm a bit shy. I don't know. <laughs> but then I, I thought, I thought that for a long time that being extroverted was what you're supposed to be. Mm. And if you were anything less than that, then it was a failing. 
yeah. I didn't well. understand and I read I read a book called Quiet the Power of Introverts mm. the power of introverts in a world that can't stop talking I think it was called and uh, it just kind of explains that there's different it's, it's a spectrum like everything else I would say I'm more I'm def, if I'm going to be an introvert and an extrovert I'm definitely an introvert right okay I suppose yeah that is the thing actors most yeah. like of my like most yeah most of my good actor pals i suppose are a bit more introverted there is that thing you you don't have to be a big loud no isn't it interesting though because yeah. people other people who aren't in the business must think i think they do think yeah no you must want to show off all the time and be around people and tell stories and yeah. i'm like oh i want to be on my own <laughs> <laughs> yeah. do you get that exhausted thing from being around big groups of people i could come away from like a big group and i'm like oh i'm so tired i need to be on my own for a day <laughs> No, I like it. You're, you're, I like it, yeah. You're thriving that. <laughs> yeah. Like when I came out, I think all the shows I did were all small. So like my first job was a three-hander. Then the second one was like just four of us. And then I was in one of my own. And then when I got to Arabian Nights and it was like, how many of us was 10? Or 12? Oh, I loved it. I love it. I love working in big groups. Yeah. I like the mix of the personalities and the buzz and the different kind of dynamics. It's exciting, I think. I think for a... That was a Christmas show and I think having yeah. loads of people around at Christmas and all nice hands on deck and stuff is, is good. Like it's... And it's like, that's your job. Like, I definitely... Yeah, I, remember I took a video on Christmas Eve because we were in the Lyceum on Christmas Eve and all of us were just yeah. singing Disney songs and then about to perform to like loads of kids who are really excited and... Oh, happiest like, day of ever. It's lovely. <laughs> no, I like being in big groups, perfect ensemble yeah. groups. I want to do another one. <laughs> yeah, of course. It's lovely. So how do you, how do you handle additions? Additions. Mm. Oh. Do you have techniques? Oh. Any tips? Any tips? <laughs> I'm still starting out. I don't even know. Like, I don't know. I think it's always nice when you go into an audition and you're either working or you've got something coming up. So it's not like that audition is the be all and end all of like. My entire life rests on this. Please yeah, help. I think it's, <laughs> I think the desperation thing. If you're if you're coming out, if you come out, of, if you're straight out of drama school and you like really really want a job, I think it's just so obvious. I think just I think it's just one of those things that over time it gets easier and like you just yeah. get more relaxed about it because you just stop caring so much and you start yeah. like just enjoying life and having other things to distract you other than just coming like you know yeah getting a job it's just nice so you think it's important to cultivate other areas of your life that aren't involved in this business then yeah totally what how, what do you do towards that i'm interested traveling yeah that's the other thing like I you know if I know I've got like a couple of months off like I'll just go if I, if I can I'll just go away like I went away there for a couple of weeks yeah and I just think I think it is so important to just distract yourself or like I don't know read yeah or like if you've got an, an, another thing that you can do to make money as well then great like music gigging yeah. or whatever oh, yeah. it's, it's just good to have a sideline right I need to start that I need to start gigging <laughs> Yeah, I think, yeah. Every time I see you, you I know, about, every time you see me, I'm like, right, I'm going like to start. We're going to start a band. We're starting, we're a, starting a folk band. <laughs> today we're starting a folk band, you said to me. Or you asked me, did I want to start a folk band? And you said no straight I away. Think, I think I pretty much said no. I yeah. mean, you didn't um, really sell it to me. What, I mean, what are your plans? Tell me, I mean. Well, I mean, we could do, oh, I know. See, my plan was just really self-indulgent. I just wanted to go up to like the Scottish islands and just <laughs> sing burns in little pubs. It's not, no. I mean, it's... it's we wouldn't a, make any money, but yeah. we'd have a lovely time. It sounds lovely. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm uh, awful busy. I just can't... I'd love to just go and fart about <laughs> sing burnt songs. Yeah, no. I don't know. Or like do, I don't know. Do you write? Yeah. I wrote, I've written uh, 
when we were at drama school we had to write like these uh 20 minute pieces of theatre the only rule was that we had to be the central character but oh that's easy that's everyone's going to make themselves <laughs> a central character <laughs> I think I just wrote about my breakup like right. my breakup the guy that I was with when I started drama school and we broke up I just like basically put all our conversations like verbatim into a play and it did really well actually nice <laughs> And then I kind of got a flavour for writing and then realised it's good, I think, as well, if you create your own work. See, if you can just write and, yeah. you know, make your own stuff rather than just waiting on the yeah. auditions and stuff. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's... So work. verbatim worked in that case? Verbatim worked in that case, yeah. That's why I think, see... I was quite young when I went to drama school and see if I'd come out and done like really big West Endy or like, I don't know, film and TV and stuff. Maybe I would have, yeah. I, I think because I came out and got involved in verbatim, like socially engaged, like political issue based work, that's when I kind of realised the importance of it and how it can actually, you know, it starts discussions and it makes you talk about things that you need to talk about. And I think like yeah. it, it makes you realise, oh God, that actually does have a, like a real it does have a point and it's cool like yeah that's that's the first sort of stuff that i started doing so like, opens your eyes to a whole ah, yeah. a whole section of things and then of i mean that's so true of of locker room talk everything you've yeah. just said yeah that's, that's a, a that's a really unique it, you know obviously remarkable piece of work yeah it's yeah it was like it was one of those ones where actually so i again the same with adam because obviously when i went to, I, w- I watched adam at the festival and then ended up being in it mm-hmm. i watched locker and talk at the festival as well because obviously that, that's, had, that's had a, like lots of different casts yeah um so had lots of like so i think because it's come around quite a lot but i think i watched that and i remember kind of thinking obviously the way it works is it's four women standing on stage um with they're listening they've got earphones in and they're like relaying in real time men's mm-hmm. conversations and it's all what men say about women behind their back so gary obviously interviewed like loads of men from different different ages different backgrounds and environments and like mm-hmm. when i was watching it i remember sort of, it didn't have a massive emotional effect on me because i kind of in a way i kind of thought i i've heard these men so many times i've heard these conversations not even behind my back but just i've overheard them yeah you know all my life so but it's a different thing watching it coming from a woman's mouth to then when I found out I got the got that job and I was obviously having to practice that thing of listening and repeating at the same time because it's quite hard technique to get used to. Yeah. So I was practicing it, but sitting honestly that first time in my own house on my own and putting the earphones into my ear and just listening to men talk about women so flippantly in such a yeah. misogynistic way was like it was hard like it actually was really really hard and I th- I honestly think I like cried for like a day wow. <laughs> I know and then was like oh my god because I was sitting on my own listening to it in my ear but then the first day of rehearsals I went in and was sitting with everyone you know like Orla and Caroline and Rachel and Gary and Blythe and they were all just like they'd all done it before I was the only new one mm-hmm. so I was telling about how I felt and then when we all read it together we all actually laughed so much because it was so ridiculous the things they were saying mm-hmm. and that was really lovely and then that's I, empowering I, that it? was so empowering because then yeah. i was like oh yeah it's funny and mm-hmm. we all know it's funny and that was nice and then going from that to performing it it was a that actually was a really like cathartic yeah experience it's so empowering just to take ownership of it like um but it, yeah it's, it's a really really important play 
I'm really glad that I got in a really self-indulgent way because it was so cathartic. Really glad I got to do it. <laughs> yeah, for, like, for uh, yeah, you personally, yeah, but not, I think not it's, just as an actor, but yeah, you know, as but a person, right? But I think it's so important that you do have, um, you know, because even like there was even little boys, you know, in it that he interviewed from school that were like, it starts at school that they're like, girls are bad at sport and all that stuff. <laughs> all yeah. that stuff they all talk about it. Um, and the playground even it starts there, and I think that's also why like it's great having people like Shahrazad on at Christmas time isn't it good, yeah good female role models strong female yeah. leads yeah for kids watching so yeah. getting the audience to chant let girls let in let girls in they yeah. weren't going mad for it I know the little ones loved it so. particularly but then what about the conversations that, that happened after mm. every performance of Locker Room Talk like, yeah they, mu- they must have did they yeah. differ a lot or did you just hear the same yeah well it was set up obviously so that like in the show should always be followed with a post like a, a Q&A because mm-hmm. um, that's you know it's just we need to like that, that set up so it provokes discussion and we can talk about it and open the conversation up um, rather than just present people yeah, with yeah. this stuff and go it's right there so you go that, so that we can make a difference and so it did differ like you mm-hmm. know you had obviously you had men in the audience who maybe felt a bit attacked uh, sometimes they would come up with comments that were quite defensive sometimes mm-hmm. you had women that would defend the men. Um, I heard a couple of those. Uh, and yeah. I think that's because, like, you don't realise it, but I guess we are sort of conditioned to believe in that status, you know, or that sort of, like... Um, that's so the norm, Yeah, it's perhaps. so the norm that, like... So it was weird, yeah, you had you had a whole... You did have a whole mix of different responses to it. It was... Did you get very involved in those conversations or did you tend to I l- let them just... I listened a lot. I would just sit up the back and I would listen to what everyone was saying. I think that I, I was like, I've done my job. I'll just sit. Oh, you didn't sit on stage? No, no, not for the Q&A. We'd right, be okay. in the audience and um, they would have a professional. Like, yeah, I know. Know, I knew that, but I had some vision of you guys being... No, I think... Cause some when, people sat. I remember when I was in one night, I was sitting at the back and I think Blythe was sitting quite near the front, yeah. looking back up to the yeah. audience, kind of getting involved. Yeah. But, but it wasn't, you weren't like in the No, 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 like, we weren't on stage because right, I think yeah. they made it like... They realised quite early on that they would get someone professional who'd actually studied, like, you know, to come up and, and lead the debates. Yeah, so. and you need someone to drive that mm-hmm. and kind of mm-hmm. keep an eye on it. Yeah. Because it was quite, I mean, the, the nights that I've heard those discussions, sometimes they get pretty prickly. Yeah. And people, a lot of people are angry and upset and yeah. for all so many oh, different people reasons. People were crying. Yeah. People were angry. Like, it had a, a big emotional response. Did people so, come up to you in the bar and stuff and want to talk more about it? Yeah, yeah, which was lovely. You yeah. know, men and women mm-hmm. wanted to talk about it. And so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you think that's had an impact on how you um, conduct yourself as a human being uh-huh. in the world? What, like, since ab- doing that? Absolutely. How In how in what way? I know, it's funny. That's why I'm saying it's such it was such a cathartic like experience because I think being aware of those conversations happening so casually and flippantly all around you but actually being like I'm gonna actually stand up and say something mm-hmm. it's weird like I've got I've got so many guy pals and mm-hmm. I think for a long time my way of dealing with the whole kind of I think I just tried to be like one of the guys that was my way of dealing with feeling like I had no I didn't have the power you can't beat them like yeah and you don't want to and if you like start moaning about it you don't want to be that person that's like whinging yeah you know like because that's the way you think you're seen so I think my way of dealing with it for a long time was just to be like just to try and act like a like a guy and right. then I realized like 
no we a- we actually do have to say something it's weird yeah no I have definitely changed the way I've way I think about my relationship to to men I guess in general mm-hmm. as well after that but it's as you weird. say it yeah. gets shrugged off because the whole title t- locker room talk mm-hmm. came from Donald Trump's kind of flippant excuse for mm-hmm. his you know misogynistic remarks mm-hmm. so that's just locker room talk like all guys talk like yeah. that and Gary sets out to kind of either prove or disprove that or open it up at least yeah totally so uh, on that cheery note what happens next for Rihanna McDonald other than you've already told me you're doing um <laughs> what would you like to do next what would I like in to an next? ideal world sometimes I, I like to ask world. this question I don't know like so Adam's obviously happening in September I'm doing the breakfast plays at the Traverse. Oh yeah. In August. How does that work? Do you you want to set d- or do I've you never do done it before? I think it's like so the one I'm doing is, I only found that out today. It's with right. Gareth Nichols. That'll mm. be nice. Because remember we went to see Train Spotting when we were yes. doing Maybe Nights. That yes. was good. Yeah, I think how it works is it's just like some rehearsed readings, so middle of August to end of August and they just present it at the Trav in the morning. But So do you um, do one? Yeah, day I think where there's appear, I think or? there's three directors, I think. And there'll be three different sets, three different casts, and right. and then they've got those like different writers. We've got two plays directed by Gareth Nichols, right. and there's three of us, I think. I don't really know how it works. I've never done it before, but it it'll be fun. Exciting. No, it'll be, be great. Yeah, and I love the Traverse, and obviously, I was saying earlier, it's nice to be at the festival. Yeah. In some way, like I did a show there last year, so this year, knowing that I wasn't doing anything, I was a bit like, oh, yeah, so it'll be I nice. Know. It'll be nice to be there. To be around the buzz and stuff. To be around good. the buzz, and also to go and see loads of stuff. And to work fast, which you like. Yes. You're not going to have a lot of time for those. I know. So it's just It'll be, be stripped like in hand. It'll be... Seat of your pants. Yeah. Great. It's the best way. I'm excited. It'll be good. And then Adam at Battersea Arts Centre. So, yeah. And then the big TV job. And then, yeah. What do I want to do? <laughs> yeah, get a big massive... I just like... To, I think I'd like to do like some... Like a... I just want to do good writing. I yeah, think yeah, is like yeah. my thing. Whatever it is, the script has to be good. Yeah just really has to be good, good writing good writing you're really talking good you're gonna have to write it yourself then you i know really good. i know i will yeah oh, actually that's what i'd like to do i have yeah. a published play in the next two years oh that's a really clear goal let's do it yeah what um what's it going to be about or what's well, it going to be called have, have you got a title yet not yet make up <laughs> elephant elephant no thoughts of an elephant. i auditioned for a play called elephant see actually a couple of a few months ago that's weird so you can't call it that orca orca oh there's there's another play called orca already just add another word tequila orca tequila, tequila mockingbird tequila orca no, that's terrible so you're going to write your own play <laughs> is it going to be a one person play i actually think so yeah. with you at the center of the universe no you're i wrote cast a, yourself i wrote a 10 minute monologue for the other room theater in cardiff oh yeah when kate wasserberg was there so I think I'm going to extend that into a full-length play. And what's the kind of vibe? What's the vibe? You don't have to tell me about what the play is about if you don't want to, but I want to know what the vibe is. It's just basically a one-woman monologue set in the Merchant City. Ooh. Yeah. But you did it in Cardiff? Yeah, I did it in Cardiff. Yeah. And they couldn't even sort of... Because it was when I was working in the Russian restaurant. Of course. I hadn't had any work yet. And so I wrote and I just created this character that was sort of... Not autobiographical, but definitely like personal and kind of came from me. But I sort of created this 10 minute monologue. Her journey, just waking up, going to work and having a really mad night out in Glasgow mm-hmm. on a Saturday night in town um, and ending up in a taxi 
going home and ending up in her bathtub in a shallow bath of hot water in her own sick mm. and not really knowing how she got there um that wasn't autobiographical by the way right. <laughs> just to point that out okay but um i guess it's just about being that kind of early 20s age where you don't really know what you're doing you don't know where you're going you're a bit lost mm -hmm. you sort of think your problems are the worst but are they i don't know mm -hmm. um but going through all those same sort of emotions that everyone goes through and like yeah that was what i wrote a sort of 10 minute version of and um i'm gonna extend that i think so that's the goal i want to have a published play within two years within within two years you're gonna change the goalpost there yeah within three years <laughs> no i was no i wasn't i was oh, gonna decrease it, it. Yeah. okay do it one year one and a half years no <laughs> no i keep it to two years two's good i think two's good yeah one is like next fringe <laughs> that's crazy no i mean it's possible Maybe, yeah hey it's possible. actually do you know what yeah that's the goal so have a have a one woman play that i'll put on somewhere in the fringe next year all oh, right okay yeah well it doesn't have to be published for that to happen yeah it doesn't, so have, to, it doesn't have to be published that's what i mean so there you go great okay cool and by the by the f yeah then it'll get a tour and then it'll be published and you know, after be, the tour yeah, yeah yeah so we'll all be looking through the fringe brochure like orca orca <laughs> orca tequila orca tequila orca nothing nothing <laughs> so shit. oh it's under experimental <laughs> it's the worst title anyone's ever come up with <laughs> no one's gonna go and see that so i'll see you there <laughs> Yeah, I can't wait now. But you'll be at the tram, so you're fine. If you're at the tram, oh, you're just, safe. Yeah, but I'm not doing like a show there or anything. No, but at least that. you're, you know. Uh, if you're going to be in a bar, that's the bar to be uh, That's yeah. where it's all happening. Apart from it's sweltering hot. But I do like the fringe venues because that's the point of them, is it? Like underbelly and summer hall and all that. Oh, yeah, it's all fun. Yeah. And you see people you've not seen for years. Oh, yeah. I could be good. I'm looking forward I'm to looking it. I'm looking forward to I'll it. see you there. <laughs> There you are, the brilliant Rihanna MacDonald. It's just amazing that Locker Room Talk had such a personal effect on her. I mean, I don't mean I find it surprising at all, um, but it's it's kind of a wee fringe benefit of this job um, that you get to the sort of personal transformations that you go through and you, the things that you learn about yourself. But while, while you're exploring these different subject matters, you just you find out uh, about corners of your own psyche and, and you learn so much about your own personality and stuff. Um it's a great thing. It's a great thing. It's one of the one of the most amazing things about this. But ah, there are so many, and I'm sure other people will will tell me what they think is the most exciting thing about this business. It's different every week. I don't know. I go along for the ride and I enjoy every conversation. But I hope you're enjoying it as much as I am. I hope you will join me again next week when on Wednesday I will have a new guest for you to explore the creative industries and the process and how we put it together. That is what it's all about here. So it's time for me to get back into rehearsal, and I'll leave you to get on with your day or night or whenever you might be listening to this. Um, I should mention before I go, purplepandamedia.com, who are my generous sponsors and who design a website and my logo. So check them out if you're in need of anything like that. And apart from that, all that's left for me to say is the same thing I say every week at this time. Cheerio now. Cheerio now.